Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. Happy OJ Verdict anniversary, Kenton. Oh, yeah. I saw, the... I saw you tweeting about it. Or was it Instagramming? I can't Tweet. remember. Tweeting. It was tweeting. Gotcha. Uh, today, October 3rd, uh, is the 24th anniversary of the day that we found out OJ was not guilty. Yeah. Was found not guilty in that infamous trial. And I thought back, I was listening to a podcast called The History of the 90s, which is actually a really good podcast talking about that kind of stuff. And this, the person who hosts it, Kathy Consorga, I think, uh, she was there. She was a reporter at the time. She was in Los Angeles. She was reporting on us. So she kind of relates her experiences. I said in my tweet, I was working at an Arby's in Eaton Place. Wow. <laughs> So, where were you when when you found out about that? I was that working in the communications department at Great West Life. Okay, and I remember I planned my lunch hour to go home at the right time for the verdict because I lived a block away. Okay, and I didn't want there was no streaming. There's no place to watch no, it there, it was so that, you had to go somewhere yeah, with the TV. It yeah. was 10 a.m. California time, which is noon here. Right, so it was right at lunchtime, perfect for like everyone to go and, and watch it at home. Um, yeah, exactly. You could not watch it from your work at all. You had to go home and watch it and, live on the television. And so I did. And yeah. I maybe even took a long lunch that day. I can't remember what, what I did, but I probably did. <laughs> what I didn't realize at the time, and again, I was I was pretty. I was 19 years old, so I wasn't really t- plugged right into this thing as like I would been would have been today. But I was aware of the OJ trial and aware of what was going on. Yeah. And then one of my customers had said, "Hey, OJ is innocent." I'm like, "What?" And then we just kind of went about our day. But I didn't realize that there were a lot of a lot of people there who were happy that he was found not guilty oh yeah you know what i mean like the, there were a lot of people there who were celebrating because of it and i didn't know that i think everybody i talked to thought he was guilty and, and now everybody does think he now is. everybody like, like it like everybody came around just That's like right. j- just like 10 years from now everyone will go like yeah, that Trump was an asshole. <laughs> I I don't think he really was. No, it's not. It's not about his asshole niche. It's about his. But even the ones now who are yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. I saw a guy on the news yesterday going, well, uh, you know, uh, I still like the guy, but you don't want to say it around those wacky liberals. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, listen, pal. Your hero is going to go down in history as something, and and not knowing that at this point in time is, uh, I don't know. Enjoy enjoy looking at life with those blinders on. There pal. you go. And that's what I think. That was the beginning of niche celebration. For, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, this whole kind of media landscape, the twenty four hour news cycle, it all kind of began with that. With people were like and the invasive press, people were like yeah. peeking over his hedges to see the celebration afterwards when he went back home. And oh, it was just crazy. And, and I don't know. Like again, I wasn't too plugged in at the time, but just hearing the experience of somebody who was there. Uh, reporting on it was really good. So if you have a chance, I would uh, definitely recommend that podcast. That sounds great. I was also going to mention um, uh, the now the late Dominic Dunn, but back then he wasn't the writer who wrote many novels and some some fiction, some fiction, some nonfiction. Um, Dominic Dunn covered the tr- OJ trial for Vanity Fair, and you can tell like pre this was kind of like a, a internet desert because I remember waiting for that issue of Vanity Fair at a subscription, waiting for it to come in the mail so I could catch up with the sort of behind-the-scenes dish. Behind, right, because you can watch it on TV, but you couldn't yeah. see what was going on behind the scenes. Him and Jeffrey Tubin, who is now a CNN regular, um, were kind of the, to me, they were the hero reporters uh, from that O.J. Simpson trial. Jeffrey Tubin, I was still when I see him on CNN, I'm like, hooray for Jeffrey Tubin. Some some common sense, finally, from a talking head. And he really is. <laughs> I guess he's a lawyer, too. But he's, but you know, he was really good back back then. And I rem- remember him, he actually broke the news that Judge Ito called him into his chambers, Jeffrey Tubin, and he said, uh, there's something I want to show you. And he, like, held up a picture. Oh, no, 
I think it was an autograph from Arsenio Hall with an autograph. Anyway, Arsenio Hall. And he showed him the picture, and Jeffrey Tubin's like, what the F? Like this guy, <laughs> this guy called me into his chambers to show me he got an autograph picture of Arsenio Hall. Well, Judge Ito was kind of a celebrity. Everybody oh. associated with that case was kind of a celebrity. Cato Kalin that really, had his 15 yeah. minutes. Like, oh, it was really just crazy. It's interesting to think about what how that would have played out today. If that had happened today, oh. how different that would have been. Uh, we'd be able to kind of watch live streaming at the time, blog posts every day, live tweeting of the court case, yeah. insane amount of coverage, even more so than there was at the time. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It was, yeah. And it really was of its time, though. You could never make those forces. Probably not. No. Come together again. Like a, a, quite a, a, in that a, same. And the, and, the, and the whole racial element was something. Yeah. That, that added a layer to it. I yeah. Mean, coming it, off the Rodney yeah, King trial. Right. And everyone was on edge because of that. Yeah, for sure. Right. And uh, yeah, there's there's just a lot in there. But, you know, look at the evidence and well, I, think, I, I, I think you'll see what we, you already know. <laughs> but and, and so um, I have my, our students doing a podcast assignment where they're creating solo podcasts, which is essentially an audio essay. They're, yeah. they're writing and, and recording their script. And one of them wants to do one about OJ, and we're talking about, okay, well, what kind of stuff should we talk about? Because everybody kind of knows the details of the trial and the case mm -hmm. and everything that happened. Everyone was watching at that time, anyone who was old enough anyway. Um, maybe we should focus on what happened after he got out of jail. So this is what the student is going to do, talk about what happened afterwards. It's not as widely known, but it's still really interesting. The guy's led a crazy life since, uh, since getting out of jail. Okay, let's get into the nerd news. Nerd news. been a very interesting week in Winnipeg. Uh, we have our, uh, you know, of course, we have films shot here all the time. And this week, uh, quote unquote celebrity Devin Sawa, uh, former teen heartthrob Devin Sawa. Are you familiar with Mr. Sawa's work? Hmm, let me just re reach back into the recesses of the folds of my brain. No, I have no, no okay. idea. You may person. remember him from such films as Idle Hands. That's the only one I remember that I actually liked. Uh, but he was also in, oh, I've got his thing right here. Let's uh, see him. Can you show him? Well, that's an older picture of him. Uh, he looks kind of wrinkled from, and weathered. From here, he looks a little like Adam Carolla, but uh, he's, a, he's a teen. I, no, take, I take you at your word that he's he, a teen heart. He was a teen heart. He was more along the lines of like uh, um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, that type of a look. Blonde <laughs> hair. That, um, now, there's a guy I know. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, Idle Hands. Final, Desti <laughs> Final Destination is probably his biggest film franchise. The, Final De <laughs> yes. the first Final Destination yeah. movie. And now and then, Wild America. Anyway, he's here in town, and it made a bit of a buzz when he complained <laughs> in Winnipeg about the fact that Portage of Maine is closed off to pedestrians. And this is what made it. I just, it's funny. What's funny to me is that all my friends who work in the media were excited when Devin Sawa retweeted them uh, because they all grew up, grew up watching his movies and were like fans of his when they were teenagers generational pre yeah, star. yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so it, but it was funny because he he basically uh he was live streaming or instagramming or something and he he said he was at portage in maine and he did the exact same thing that that reporters here have done time and time again let's record our journey across portage in maine which is a famous corner here in winnipeg it's you know widely known hopefully uh across north america but uh it's close to pedestrians so you have to go underground and through these tunnels and it took him 15 minutes to get across the street, and that was his. I mean, it's not an original thing here in Winnipeg, but to his fans outside of the city, they may have been interested to note that uh, we cannot cross the busiest intersection in our city, uh, and that it was put up to a vote last year, and we voted no, not to open it up. So 
It's what do you funny. mean by we? Well, people voted. The majority of people in Winnipeg who voted voted not to open it up. So even though it didn't really matter how that vote turned out, the city could still do it if they wanted to. But now that's that, a very bizarre plebiscite. It was, yeah, no, it was just a, a mess. Yeah. The whole thing. So Mr. Sawa was not happy with that, and then uh, so people kind of got on him for being critical of Winnipeg. So then he went back on a couple of days later and started talking about all the awesome stuff he loved about Winnipeg. He had the best roast beef sandwich of his life at the Forks. Uh, There's something else I can't remember what it was. Where, where did he get that roast beef sandwich? I don't. He didn't say. He didn't oh say God, any damn restaurant. it! I know. God, I'm not going to every I, restaurant I at the Forks. I don't think I've ever had a roast beef sandwich. I, I, can't, I can't even think of what restaurant that could no. be. No. Where could that be? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm I'm sure we, I'm sure we could think of it if we really thought hard, but that's bizarre. But they I have, mean, there, there's sort of new stores in there. They have a new they have a, a newer yeah. eating area called the Commons. It's very nice and some oh, good, yeah. some great restaurants there. But come, hey, come to Winnipeg, everybody, and visit the Forks. There it's awesome. <clears throat> Devin Sawa says it's great. Um, anyway, I just thought it was more worth mentioning. A kind of a funny little story that from is. here in Winnipeg. And Winnipeg is a Winnipeg has a rich history of. Uh, Loving celebrities who may or may not be past their prime. Well, <laughs> let's say. What about when Rob Lowe? What about when Rob Lowe came here? Remember that he said, "I'm in hell <laughs> because WDAZ, go figure, interrupted a show with their shitty weather break-in." I think it was a sporting event. Was it yeah. not a sporting event? Yeah, it was an NBA of... final. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and WDAZ, which is famous in Winnipeg for destroying any TV that brings us pleasure. It's the American in. affiliate out of out of yeah. Grand Forks in uh, in North Dakota. Their their on air celebrities aren't known for their <laughs> professionalism or anything. They're not known for their lighting. They're not known for their art audio quality. They're not known for anything. They're known for bright lights in the faces of their performance. And annoying beeping their, yeah. uh, warnings going across the screen whenever there's a tornado or something. And like so that. is Care Eleven in Minnesota. And my death, I you know my my uh, I've I've had them in my death grip forever. Care Eleven. I tweet nasty things at them all the time. I even said, fifty years ago, can you believe it? Fifty years ago, the moon landing happened. Happened, and Care Eleven cut in with a warning of light showers in Pocona County or whatever. <laughs> and and so I tweeted that, and I you tag them in it, and it's like nothing. They nothing. will not respond to no, that. No, that's interesting. But it's like okay, there's a thunderstorm. Are you going to run to the TV? TV is the media we want. Oh, no. Here. Yeah. Look at your freaking phone. You don't need the TV. So uh, I don't know what they're doing. But what Rob, when Rob Lowe said he was in hell, we we know. he Yes. <laughs> and people mistook that for like, when I'm in a hell called Winnipeg. Yeah, I know. It's like, no, you're in a hell called WDAZ. That's the hell you're in. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Blame blame Grand Forks, North That's right. Dakota. Yeah, um, where you know what was the what was the North Dakota uh, legendary um, ad campaign? Remember that ad campaign? Keep, oh yeah, be, let's be legend. drinks, dinner, decisions in italics with a, a couple of girls looking at a couple of guys. No, two guys looking through a window like they're window shopping at three women. Once again, probably. You know, that that ad went viral, and that tells you how bad it was. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing, I don't know if this is interesting to you or not, but Microsoft held a conference, a uh, news conference, to, uh, whatever they call it now, presentation, uh, special event. And, you know, everyone's copying Apple at this point yeah. when they do these things. And it's, it's surprising. They're going all in on their hardware. They they uh, they launched a bunch of new Surface versions of the Surface, which is their tablet. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used that? Are you familiar with uh, the Yes, Surface? I have touched one and used it, although I've not owned one. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it's – you know, like when you're used to using an iPad yeah. or you're using an iPhone and then you use a different one? 
and you're kind of like, mm, uh, yeah. yeah, it feels different. And so that's sort of what it's like. I mean, okay. it does the job, but it def- it's the menu's different. Like it's a different. It's a Windows. It's a Windows yeah. computer, basically. It's like a little yeah. mini laptop. I don't want to say it's terrible, but it's just not what I'm used to. Yeah. You know, okay. so it's it's good. I'm sure it's good. So they launched a bunch yeah. of those things. The interesting one they launched was called the. Um, Surface Duo, a dual screen foldable device, much not much bigger than your hand. It kind of looks like a small book if you look at the photo. Like if you can see there, oh, yeah. it looks a bit like a small book. Uh, you can fold it up. You got two screens, um, but and they're basically they're not calling it a phone, but it's basically a phone. It's, hmm. it's got the ability to make calls and uh, run separate apps on either screen or one app across both screens at the same time. Kind of reminds me of a um, what's the Nintendo uh, uh, DS, the double screen DS. Yeah, that kind of looks like as well uh it's coming next holiday season 2020 holiday season um and of course this is gonna maybe competing with samsung and their their foldable phone which is i think out this year is that already is yep. it i don't know anyway i think it is <laughs> um, or, or if, if it's not i saw an ad for one okay but uh, uh another not. foldable tablet some really ugly earbuds that look like they're big big oh. plugs in your ears so, they're I mean, trying this, to make them fashionable, it looks well, like. Well, it looks like, like yeah, they want to compete with the AirPods. It's kind of yeah. their thing. Um, so, yeah, some interesting uh, announcements out of there. Uh, again, I'm not a huge Windows fan anymore. Like, I mean, I've used Windows computers, of course, but I've been I've been on the Macs for, for years now, and I can't go back. Yeah. I'm just just so used to it. It is a bit weird when you use a Microsoft product. What's interesting about this Duo screen um, laptop thing or whatever, phone thing, is that it actually runs Android, which I think is kind of funny considering Microsoft was the software company, right, that created Windows, which was the first kind of operating system that anybody had. That was the main one for years and years. And uh, they're not even using their own operating system for their for their phone. They're using an Android, which is, a, you know, obviously a Google product. Right. Which is kind of interesting. It right? is interesting. So, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, well, I didn't watch the presentation, unfortunately. <laughs> I, didn't even, I, you know, I didn't even watch the Apple one that was a couple weeks ago. I oh, you had no watch? interest. I don't know why. I used to be so into this stuff, and I've just kind of fallen off. I just have well, not had as there's much There's so interest. much of it now. But the other thing is uh, I watched the Apple one, but I only watched the iPhone part because that's what I'm most, I'm most interested in, the iPhone. I want to see what's new. Like I'm probably in the next year, probably with, about, about a year away, I would say, okay. probably updating. I'm, mine is an iPhone 7, so I'm sort of the last one that's still getting the update. Yours still has a button on it. It's got a button. Mine, it's, mine does not. No, it does no. not. And I, and I actually have trouble using the ones without buttons. Yeah, it's like weird. Now. It yeah, is yeah. a weird. You do adjust to it, but it is a yeah. weird. The face recognition thing actually I find works really well. Even in the dark, if I'm in really? my room in the dark, it'll still recognize my face because of the glow from the... The phone, um, so yeah, it it works fairly well, um, and you do get used to it, but it yeah. is a bit of an adjustment for sure. Yeah, no, no, it, it definitely is. So I'm gonna, I'll have my work cut out for me. I actually <laughs> updated to the new iOS, and have you noticed the hidden menu? Like, I'm like, how do you save a bloody? So you're like, I want to save this to my camera roll. Yeah. So you click on the share button. And you see, you see the little menu pop up, right. and you're like, "Where is save to photos?" You know where it is. Oh, it's on the. It's that. Yeah, it's that weird symbol that you they do it. So it's like it's now a giant long menu yeah. underneath. Yeah, for sure. And so you gotta, you have to go all the way down to find it. And I could not find. Like this morning on the bus, I'm like, "Where is the MF button to share my MF photos with my MF camera roll?" I get these MF stakes off this MF plane. Where? Off this bus. You're sorry, you were on the bus. Sometimes I used to say, why is this MF squirrel jumping on my MF roof at MF six in the morning? It used to be my big question, but 
Now I now I just save it for Apple products. But okay. no, yeah. So so you know, as this stuff updates, it's it's always a learning experience. But yeah, I've never had a phone without a button on it, and that'll be my next one. But cool. I don't know if I'll ever buy a Surface or anything either, but never say never. That's right, exactly. We may we may all get upgraded to Windows products at this uh, campus. It could happen. For, for all we know, get a contract with Windows. It would be weird for sure. But there are again, I'm teaching into a program right now that they basically can bring whatever computer they want. So there's a big mix of oh. Macs and and Windows and that kind of stuff. How does so, it work with connecting to the projector and no, stuff? Is well, it just a crapshoot? Well, no, we haven't done that yet. <laughs> yet. Oh, yeah. uh, so it will be a crapshoot when we do that. But for now, uh, it's it's I've had them I've had them working in the edit suites. So we do have to plug in um and that's been like that took a little while to get all the different computers kind of set up properly to use those uh hmm. those edit suites that we have in the basement here at the college so every time i connect to the projector it's like hold your breath say a prayer roll the dice let's see yeah let's go craps is it a, is it a crap shoot or is it a shit show what are we talking it's a crap shit <laughs> <laughs> something <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a quick break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about the fall TV uh, lineup on the Media Nerds podcast. <laughs> hey, this is Jay. And this is Tiffany. We ready to start the show. Yep, she ready, because kids say the darndest things. Can you spell your name? G-I-A-N-N-A. Can you spell it backwards? Um, Okay, so we talk a lot about Netflix on this show, um, you know, HBO, AMC, all the cable networks. Such a great time for television. There's so many good shows. Uh, Amazon Prime I've talked about quite a bit. Guess Uh, what I got this week. Oh, did you get Prime? I got it. Yay! Guess what? I'm almost done. Season one of Man in the High Castle. Oh, it's so good. It really so is good. a good show. It's amazing. And it's still leaving me guessing, and I'm still... Oh, man. Okay, don't give away anything, but I don't know what the footage is. I don't get it. Do you know what it is? <laughs> yes, of Okay, course. I don't know. What What season do we find out? Just tell me. I think, uh, I think it's the end of this season. I think it is. The current one, yeah, because there's a new one coming out in November. Yeah, no, the current season. I think the first, no, the first season. You're, you're. I mean, the first. Gonna, it's going to reveal. I think at the end of this season. Okay. Um, Boy, there's lots going on. No, in kid, that uh, I'll just tell you. Stick with it. The yeah. season two gets gets off to a bit of a slow start, but okay. it does like pick up. And season three is amazing. It is such a good show. I'm um, sorry. We're totally look. We're supposed to be talking. No, about no, network we are. Tele- we're talking about it. No, we're, we're not. Yes, we are. Well, we will in a second. Keep going. I want to talk about network television. We're talking about okay. TV. Okay. Um, <laughs> I were. This is not going to be my recommendations, but I would say. Uh, uh, I've just started watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Prime. It's so good. It's on my watch list. It's very good. With 400 other shows yeah, now, now that so I just good. signed up. So yeah. congratulations on getting your Prime membership. Uh, this week, I want to slum it with the networks. I want to take a look at what the, the – they used to be the only source of television we had. ABC, NBC, CBS – Fox, and now I guess the CW is in there, and too. And WDAZ News. <laughs> That's right, WDAZ. <laughs> What's their affiliation? What is there? Is it uh, ABC? They're ABC, okay. yeah. So anyway, these these are the main networks, the television networks. Back when we were kids, you could only get these with rabbit ears. Um, uh, if you, you could get KNRR if you had the rabbit ears set right. for That was the Fox affiliate out of uh, Grand Forks. Um, let's take a look at what TV shows, new TV shows they're launching this year. We're not looking at the old favorites like NCIS, which has been running for a million seasons. And is showing no signs of. Have you ever watched an episode of NCIS? Never. Never have I. I've never. And no. it's been like twenty something, seventeen seasons or something like that. Often in the top ten. It is. Yeah, and yeah. they like amazing viewership. So it's incredible. And in Canada too, 
It's one of those ones that is like stealth. <laughs> what is it about? Raking in money I left no and right. Idea what and it's yet about. I never met a person who says they watch it. No, I know. It's so it's weird. It's bizarre. I know. Okay, so we are looking at new TV shows from networks specifically. And I'm going to go through these. And you are going to weigh in with your television knowledge because you've been around a long time. I'm uh, an old guy. You're yeah. an old guy now. Um, you've watched a lot of television. You mm-hmm. you read the Warren Littlefield book about I NBC. Sure did. That was like television is heyday back the in the fronts. Back in the uh, 90s. What's yeah, they that? used to roll out the upfronts. They still and I do guess, that, yeah, don't they? they? Do. Yeah, they have all the advertisers come in and yep. they do a song and dance about the new show. I think they have to do a bigger song and dance these days oh. because there's so much else out right. there. Um, so I'm just going to read the name of the... These are kind of in no particular order. Oh, now I've just I might not away. know what any of these are. You might not, no. Um, but we'll see. I'll try and explain it as best I can. Oh, you've got a list there of what I've got a list. Uh, it, it's, it's, I'm not going to tell you which category these are in. All right. It's from a CNN. It's like basically what to watch, what to skip kind of a thing. But All I'm right. not going to tell you which is which. I'm going to turn this so you can't see it. All right. Uh, a new show called Mixed-ish. <laughs> this is a uh, uh, spinoff of Blackish, which was uh, – it's been pretty – uh, well acclaimed Blackish has done pretty well for itself. It's been nominated quite a bit for for um, uh, Emmys and that kind of stuff. This is a spinoff. It's a second spinoff of Blackish. I didn't even know there was a first What's one. What's the first one? Whiteish oh, doesn't say. Doesn't say. No, I don't. White esque. Oh, um, it has a lot in common with with Young Sheldon building a show around one of the key characters as a kid. In this case, uh, the mom. Um, who is it's a flashback to when she was a kid growing up as a mixed race child in a 1980s cult or hippie commune. Hmm. Uh, now, the only thing I'll say about this is Gary Cole oh. is the uh, grandpa. You know who he is? Yeah, I sure know you know, who Gary is Cole a, is. He's like uh, Lumberg from, from Office Space, and he's been a million other things. He's such a good actor. From Veep recently. From Veep, yes, yeah. of course. And, and uh, like I can just, you know, top of my head. Sometimes serious actor, sometimes co- – it used to be that whatever he was in was a comedy, but then that changed. He was – was it American Gothic? Was there a TV show called American Gothic he was in? And oh. it was more of a serious kind of a horror type of a show. Hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, no, great actor. Um, so that's, I don't know, mixed dish. He played Mr. Brady in the Brady Bunch reboots in the in the movies that parodied them. <laughs> didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, oh. he's great in that. Oh, he totally looks different. He's got the curly yeah. hair in that. Oh, I didn't even realize but that But he's was great at delivering the nonsensical speeches to the kids. It's awesome. So what do you think? Do you think this is going to be a good one, mixed dish? You know, I don't know the source. I don't know. I don't even actually know the original show. I know it exists and that it's it's emmy bait sometimes i think I yeah think. so you know with that kind of there there this is a brand extension and sometimes brand extensions can work spinoffs it's, can work i'm trying yeah. to think of the last time i saw a spinoff work really well um i guess frazier would be the ultimate frazier was like the most oh, that's successful. the dream that's the yeah. like, spinoff that did better than the original kind of a thing yeah. it went longer than cheers and it got more critical yeah. acclaim than cheers um i'm trying to think of something else one of the ones that failed that I actually kind of liked was the Joey spinoff from Friends. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought the show was pretty good, and it just did not pff, did not fly. People Didn't were not it. interested in seeing only one of the Friends. They wanted all of them, all or nothing with those guys. So that's funny. Uh, I can't think of any other ones off the top of the head. Anyone listening, if you have any ideas, what's your favorite spinoff? Let us know. Oh, it's a tough one. Uh, tweet at us. One of the most famous bad ones was After Mash. Oh no! Where no. they did they did it one season of like only some of the actors would come back. Oh no! Only none of the main ones. Is this is after Mash ended. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad idea. Now they've come back to the states and they're working at a hospital together. Oh no! Wah, that's wah. awful. Oh Let's no! Let's see what happens when. Yeah, that's one of the worst. All right. Next up, we have the creators of The Good Wife. Own a sizable debt to the X Files in the series about a priest in training, Luke Cage's Mike Coulter, who enlists a psychologist. 
to join him in investigating cases of possession, trying to separate scientific facts from paranormal fiction. Hmm. So it is a lot like the X Files. Is that is um, that the guy who played Luke Cage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that yeah. guy. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah. And then the, the woman is uh, Katya Herbers. I don't know who that is, no, but me neither. Uh, but yeah, this is it, it's you know it's a formula that's been done a bunch of times since the X Files, and it is another kind of reboot of that idea where instead of it being well, X Files did all kinds of stuff, but this is specifically about demon possession and, and that kind of stuff. So it's like The Exorcist meets X Files. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I like the actor. So it's an interesting idea. Yeah. I, I, I'll probably watch a couple episodes think, just yeah, to check it out. I might check that out too. And it's, uh, you know, we don't really have an X Files anymore. So maybe. no, the closest thing we got to the X Files was uh, Fringe with uh, yeah. Pacey, uh, which was very good. I really enjoyed I Fringe. I watched some of that. I think oh, it, yeah. it was the fifth season got so weird, but it was really enjoyable. And that was an early. Uh, discovered on Netflix. Remember that when it had been on t- commercial TV and then suddenly it was on Netflix. It did, yeah, and it, didn't, liked it. it did not do. It was like Breaking yeah. Bad. It did not do well its first few seasons, and then when Netflix came along and showed the old episodes, mm-hmm. I watched it on Netflix, and then people picked it up and, and watched that final season, yeah. which was a complete departure from the, all the other seasons. It was so weird. Um, okay, next up we have uh, Barb Hart's Abishola, um, which is the worst name what? ever. Bob what Hart's Abishola. Well, Bob is a guy. Hearts means he loves. I think that's what they're trying to say. Abishola is a woman. Oh, hearts, I get it. Yeah. Like as a verb. But it's a horrible name because when you say it out loud, it doesn't make any sense. Um, a sock salesman played by Billy Gardell of Mike and Molly fame falls for the Nigerian immigrant nurse that treated him in his romantic comedy from uh, Chuck Lorre is the producer. Um, you know, successful TV producer Chuck Lorre who wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Aww. Many people don't know that. Um Crosses racial and cultural lines. The pilot feels sweet but slight with some good lines like, there's a white man at the door. Tell me, when has that ever been good? <laughs> That's not a good line. That's a horrible line. Anyway, I don't think this is going to be good. CBS. You know what? Let me say this. I appreciate the uh, wholehearted attempt to go all in in diversity. Oh, like sure. That was something we never used to have. Well, I mean, it was like white, like even uh, Friends was white people party. You yeah, know what oh, I mean? for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so good. I'm glad. I'm glad that, that that's what we're seeing in TV. This sounds like a calculated attempt to cash in on internet trends and whatever. Current, yeah. current what do you want? Like zeitgeisty discussions yep. kind of thing. And yeah. that can work, but it can also misfire badly. See, a good example of a show that shows diversity is like Fresh Off the Boat, which shows Asian culture in a way right. that's kind of honest and funny. And it's actually a really funny show. I've watched a few episodes of it, and I really like it. Uh, that kind of stuff. We're here in, in uh, Canada. We had Little Mosque on the Prairie, which was a similar look at uh, <laughs> you roll Because it was bad. Well, it was. I mean, it was the idea, though. It's showing, yeah. it's showing how... Uh, a Muslim culture uh, yeah. exists in, in the Canadian prairie. Well, that part, which is that part was good, but the jokes were terrible. <laughs> right. like, the premise was good. Yes, it was a great premise. I remember tuning in with high hopes for that and just going like, why? Like, why does everything have to be Canadian-style humor, which by definition is gentle and not funny? That's not necessarily true for everything, though. The uh, Letterkenny is not like that. Letterkenny is a show that that's definitely that's true. Right in recent times, that has been true. But th- and, and I'm Trail, talking Trail Park Boys is another old one. school. Maybe Canadian maybe CBC sitcom. CBC Canadian sitcoms oh, are like that. Yes, right? they're all like that. They're terrible. Okay, here's one. I like the opening line for this one. What if Hannibal Lecter was your dad? That's the, what is this? That's the basic premise of Prodigal Son. Which benefits from having Michael Sheen as the incarcerated killer and Tom Payne, uh, who you would know as if you wa- you didn't watch that far into the Walking Dead. This isn't literally Hannibal Lecter. No, no, no. Right? It's okay. it's a serial killer. All right. 
a serial killer who's been captured and it's like the idea behind the same idea with Silence of the Lambs where he this uh this detective um whose dad is a serial killer he goes and visits his dad in jail and together the two of them solve cases and capture serial killers and other people um so it is a little bit like the silence of the lambs in that respect the actor who plays the cop is uh he was known as uh, jesus on um on the walking dead i don't think you got made it that far into the walking dead did you, you, you uh, i know of that character yeah. but i d- definitely have not seen that i watched the first season he was on and i stopped yeah. watching not because of him he was fine but yeah. there were other things that were happening that were just ridiculous like basically show. nothing is happening on that show that's the problem it's co- totally dropped off the radar like, i don't know yeah. nobody's talking about the walking dead it's anymore. gone and there's a thousand spin-offs for no apparent and i think reason. rick's gone now right is he gone already he got he's... on a chopper and you know he's gonna star in a movie version <laughs> oh that's no. the only way you can star in a movie version is you get, get on a chopper get on the chopper yeah we're gonna take you to hollywood i like why why are we inundated with that speaking of spinoffs why <laughs> i don't know it's what over a, what about this prodigal son show what do you think about this it sounds interesting no i don't you know. like serial killer shows there's so many now. Are there now? I don't know how many there are right now. The Prodigal Son. That's a little on the nose as a well, title. That's, that's, yeah, exactly. Um, let's see here. Stumptown. Kobe Smulders plays an army veteran who becomes a private eye, mostly out of necessity, in this off-kilter drama adapted from a graphic novel, which is the feel of a cable show but relies almost entirely on the character to hold your interest. So this is uh, Kobe Smulders, you may remember from, um, she's Maria Hill in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, she's Nick, that? Nick Fury's right-hand woman. The oh, yeah. That's always with him. Yeah, uh, I actually like her character and thought she vanished from those films too fast. Like, she's, she's, she plays a lesser role in those films that she should not play. Yeah, she was, yeah. I think her biggest role was probably in the Avengers, the first Avengers film. Yes. And then she kind of became smaller after I that. Thought, I, thought she, I thought her role, in fact, it was leading to hero territory and then... I mean, it's a character from the comic book, so that's possible, yeah. but uh, she's also known for How I Met Your Mother, so that was her first big uh, hit, mm. um, which was you know a fun show. Everyone liked it. Nobody liked how it ended, but that was you can never end these things right. They, they all became lumberjacks. That's right. They yeah. did. They went to the Canadian wilderness. <laughs> um, oh, hey, speaking of, you know what show sounds like this one? Uh, and I'm new, forgive me, I'm new to Amazon Prime, but there's a show where Tim Roth goes to Banff. Have you seen this? No. Yes. Please so, tell me it's called Tim Roth Goes to Banff. That's, that's what I. For that's what I call the show. Okay. But but uh, Tim Roth is a. I hey. So I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this in a second because I only caught, watched the trailer. Tim Roth is a retired Scotland Yard detective. I think. Go. For some reason moves to Banff, <laughs> and then it's beautiful. And there, and he just wants to retire. But there he becomes embroiled in mysteries that he must solve in Banff. In Banff. Well, I don't think they call it Banff. They might but it's call, a mountain town. It's a it's mountain. Supposed be, it's supposed to be in Colorado, probably. It looks like first blood. It looks like don't, <laughs> it looks like don't cross this bridge, Tim Roth, or else I'll be forced to incarcerate you. That's it looks funny. Like some degree of that. That's funny considering that's a good reference considering Last Blood just came out in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago. So anyway, that's interesting. I don't know. I've never heard of that one. No, but, no, but, but it's this, very uh, common where you have the yeah. the ex yes. something something who's put into a new situation. Uh, I saw a promo for the Stumptown. It looks good, but I think it might just be because I like the actor, actress uh, in it. I don't know I, I, if it's going to be good. It could be what, I, what I'm getting tired of and kind of what I'm getting at with this whole episode is that the networks are still relying very much on a um, – you know, an episode, uh, yeah, case of the week kind of a thing where you don't really have to watch all the episodes. You can just watch them, 
you know, gonna come in whenever you want and catch an episode. And nobody really watches TV like that anymore. No. Everyone wants a continuing story from week to week, and they catch up when they catch up. And so that whole idea of trying to hook somebody in midway through, it's not it's not going to work anymore. The interesting thing is uh, syndicated shows used to benefit from being one contained story at a time. Yeah, like, like Law & Order did that very well, yeah, right? Where, whereas X-Files was never that successful in syndication because nobody could follow the conspiracy theory theories yeah, shows the smoking without, man and that kind of stuff it's too hard to yeah. follow you yeah. can't do it in syndication so that's interesting that's that's now what we want is we want the big we want the x-files was ahead of its time we in want, many yeah, ways we want the eight hour long film is pretty what much we want yeah. broken into bits ironically the x-files movies were not very good yeah. uh but the the tv show yeah. did i think the tv show was a good blend of monster of the week versus the little the ongoing yeah. story and they kind of did a good job i actually didn't watch the reboot i watched the first season of the reboot but not the second season of the reboot mm-hmm. i don't know how that season turned out but the first season i thought was pretty good i yeah, i liked both of the reboots and the, apparently the second one nobody watched by jillian anderson's own Oh, uh, okay. tweet or something. People are like, "Why do another one? Do another?" And she's like, "I would if people watched it, but nobody yeah, did." Yeah, and I really enjoyed that last season of X Files. I really liked it. I got a kick out of it. They and they really embraced the humor a lot more in the reboot. It was they kind of were a little looser with it, and I liked it. I like I sort of like David Duchovny more when he has a chance to like not be dour. Oh yeah, like, no, like, he's fu- need, when he's yeah. funny, he's funny. Yeah, yeah, he did comedy well. He is a comical, and as we saw on the Gary Shandling show when he, <laughs> yes. on, uh, on Larry Sanders, when he shows up and it's just all played for laughs. Oh, it's so and funny! It's, yes, yeah. he's a comical character, and yeah. I think maybe people want him wanted him to be dour. I didn't. No, I know. Um, okay, next show. This is called Sunny Side. This is on NBC. Cal Penn. Uh, plays a reluctant tutor to a diverse bunch studying to become American citizens in a lighthearted series that seems better time than it does executed. Uh, this is uh, Cal Penn is, of course, Kumar from Harold and Kumar. Most oh, he's everywhere, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> he is. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Many people don't know that he took time off as an actor to work for Obama uh, during the last few years of his presidency. And he'd go around talking to college students about Obama talking about like the Affordable Care Act and different aspects mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. So he actually was a Joe. He did work in the White House for a bit. And then, and then... he showed up on Designated Survivor. Oh, did he? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Basically playing the role he had in real life, oh, cool. which is funny. That's interesting. I, but, and when I see him, I never remember his name. I always call him Harold or Kumar because I'm never <laughs> sure. I'm always like, Who, which one was Harold? Like, I don't know. I don't know which one was Harold. So okay. to me, they're both Harold or Kumar. They're interchangeable. And you know what they should do? They should do a movie called Harold or or Kumar's big adventure, <laughs> and then they have one of the actors appearing in it, but they and nobody don't tell knows, you, they don't and he's knows. never referred to by his first name right. throughout the film. This is another one that seems like it's it's trying to um, plug into like the, the zeitgeist of current events, and that you know it's that's the um, immigration is a big yeah. issue in the states, and and diversity, and people are talking about people coming to this. This there's actually um. I think there's a series on the Apple TV um, platform that's coming out about there are going to be true stories about American immigrants. Because I remember they had uh, Kumail Nanjiani come out on the stage during that last Apple announcement or two Apple announcements ago talking about that. Oh, yeah. So something that's very much people are talking about right now, uh, whether or not it's it's good, I don't know. He's a funny guy. He's been funny in the yeah. past, so he could be good. Uh, here's one. Batwoman. <laughs> I've actually seen previews for the last one and this one. Last what? Uh, for the last show you talked about. Oh, okay. Sunnyside. Okay. I've seen a preview for that, and I've seen a preview for Batwoman. Batwoman. Yeah. Ruby Rose plays the title character. You may remember Ruby Rose from Orange is the New Black, and I don't know what else. Um, 
She's. Uh, I hated her character in Orange is no, the New Black. Thrown get, in there yeah. just as a plot device. Yeah. Um, but she plays a title character, uh, Kate Kane, who picks up the cape and cowl from her long missing cousin. And this is so. This is the latest addition to the CB, CW's. Uh, it's called the Arrowverse. Although Arrow is done now, so I don't know if they're going to call it something else. But Arrow ended last season. Yeah. So they have the Flash. They have Legends of Tomorrow. They have Supergirl, and now they have Batwoman. Um, no, she's not Batgirl anymore. No, she's Batwoman. Batwoman. Yes, that's interesting. Maybe uh, girl is uh, considered a negative term was, for. Did they ever say, call anybody else Batwoman? Was it always Batgirl? Maybe in the comics, like we probably don't know right. because we didn't read the yeah. comics, but probably they did. But but what's her face on the original series was Batgirl. Um, yeah. uh, shoot, Yvonne Craig. Yeah, I think so. Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. And I was sorry, I was thinking of Julie Newmar, who was Catwoman, of course. Yeah. But anyway. Um, well, they, you know, it was all leather outfits back <laughs> in the day. Right, who, could, right. who could tell one from the other back then? So Batwoman, it does sound a little yeah. bit like Catwoman, so maybe that's why I'm thinking about that. Yeah. But that, yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's interesting they're calling her Batwoman, uh, and they call Supergirl Supergirl, not Superwoman, right? Yeah. That was also an interesting uh, thing they did. But um, anyway, so this is, I mean, it's going to be tied into the rest of the uh, CW Arrowverse. I've fallen off of that recently, although I still do enjoy uh, The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I just didn't watch it last year, so I could catch up on that and continue watching those shows. And I, I'll give this one a try. I give all superhero shows a try. So I'll let you know how it is when I get a chance to watch it. Excellent. I'll, I'll check back in. Nancy Drew. Um, oh, no. The literary sleuth gets a Riverdale-style makeover in this new version, which finds a slightly older Nancy investigating a murder with a host of possible suspects and even a vague supernatural touch. Um, so this could be a little bit... I mean, it feels like... Isn't this what uh, Veronica Mars was? Was a Nancy Drew kind of ripoff? Um, yeah, I think that's true. And I think... Uh, the, can the Hardy Boys be far behind? I think. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, no, you're kidding. We're going to do the, the Hardy Boys, yeah? This yeah. is successful, though. We should do yeah. Hardy Boys. I just want Sean Cassidy and Parker Stevenson back. Is that too much to ask? No. The Hardy Men. <laughs> We have Batwoman, the Hardy, the Hardy Men, the Hardy Senior Citizens. At this point, come on, the, the Hardy Seniors. They're 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 basically just in a seniors home complaining about the food okay. for the whole show. What else we got? Well, these okay. So these next group, I'm gonna just gonna tell you these next ones are the ones that this website is telling us to skip. So mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say they, they don't sound great. Um, Carol's second act, which stars Everyone Loves Raymond's Patricia Heaton. She played the wife in Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm -hmm. um, she returns to CBS, but you have to love her an awful lot to want to sit through this trite sitcom about a woman trying to survive as a medical resident when she's twice the age of most of her peers. <coughs> Which is interesting because I have a friend who actually did this, went back to school, went through medical school hmm. as a 30 to 40 year old person. And, and now Pulling she's a, a reverse doogie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a... That sounds like a... Euphemism That's a show. Yeah. <laughs> like a, now there's a show. Reverse doogie. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Reverse that one. Flutie. Uh, another one. Oh, you're gonna love this. Bluff City Law. Jimmy Smits back on oh, TV. Thank Can't... God, we've been Smitless for about a month. How long has it been? Um, <laughs> he plays a crusading lawyer who teams up with his estranged daughter after his wife, her mom's death. Um, it, yeah, it says. Well, it just says it feels like chum to throw on after the voice. Hmm. <coughs> So I mean, Jimmy Smith. We all love Jimmy Smith. He but. is beloved. You call him in. He'll he's available to do any show. He'll come in. He'll come in when your lead actor leaves. <clears throat> he'll come in when you don't have a lead actor. He'll come in as a supporting role. He saves every show that he's ever on. <coughs> he appeared oh. in Dexter toward the end. Speaking of lumberjacks and uh, <laughs> trying to save shows. So yeah, that's a. He's also in uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. 
Sure, he's also uh, he's in everything. NYPD Blue, L.A. Law was he in L.A. Law? Yeah, Star Wars. Probably was. He was in Rogue One. Yeah, he was in Star Wars when things <laughs> when things got dire. They called in the Smiths. That's right. That's what they um, do. But I think the complaint is that it seems like a bit of a generic kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, another but, one, but he, but he is beloved. Oh, for yeah. sure. Uh, All rise. Um, oh, court show. Yeah, court show. Give exactly. Me a break. Simone Missick plays a new judge in the CBS legal drama that is about as generic as this well-worn genre gets. Um, Perfect Harmony. Oh man, this is this is hard to take. Bradley Whitford, who I love, who is amazing in in, in like uh, uh, the West Wing and other stuff, takes is a traditional fish out of water playing a grieving Princeton music professor who takes over the teaching of the small town church choir and its quirky assortment of characters. Well, yeah, yeah. isn't that something? That doesn't sound like a good. That's not going to be a good one for for sure. Uh, will there be musical numbers? I bet, I bet there will be. <laughs> He was in the. Uh, it's funny. He was in the new um, Godzilla movie. Did you oh. see that yet? I'm never gonna see it. Oh, you're no, gonna see I, it? Okay. No, <clears throat> was, I I've blocked it. Like I have an ad blocker in my head. It was very much like a payday for. Like, he he did not do anything ever, at all. Bradley Whitford esque or anything like that. He was just kind of a generic like looking at the screen, gaping at the huge uh, monster or whatever. There was it. There was nothing nothing special about his performance at all. So uh. maybe he's just kind of getting a paycheck. Um, yeah, anyway. Okay, this last one. I got to tell this one. Um, Almost Family. It's, uh, it's about a, uh, a Timothy Hutton plays a oh. famous fertility doctor who used his own sperm to impregnate women. And now it's about these women, about the, the children who are now grown up finding each other. It's one woman. This is based on the New York Times article, is right? This, is this a real thing? It sounds familiar. The premise Oh, wait familiar. a sec. I think that, no, the New York Times article was an actual... A guy tracking down his siblings from the same sperm donor, but it was not the dog. Okay, so this, so this guy... is like an amalgamation of two stories okay. that yeah, come so, together. So Timothy Hutton plays this guy. He he used his own sperm, oh. uh, and so now this woman is going around the country trying to find all her siblings. And I guess every episode she finds another one. I don't know. It some, seems like a really really weird premise, and I don't know <laughs> that I would really want to watch. I'm gonna say that, that I, I I love Timothy Hutton ever He's since good, yeah. Ordinary People. Like what a performance! Un- unbelievable, uh, and and a guy like that should have a job. Should have a job where he can act his ass off. So I hope that's what happens here. But I can't say the the, the premise is kind of a, a turn off. It's just weird. If I hear it's amazing, then I'll watch it. Yeah, it, it's going to be. That, uh, I think you know, it's got to be the kind of thing where people are. It's going to be the surprise hit if it, if it's anything. But I I just it's such a weird idea. Like so it's the so. It's about the idea this woman is finding her family. They're just genetically related, and that's it. They're not. They didn't yeah. grow up together. They have no common thing. They're, it's about finding the genetic father and and shocking a bunch of people who didn't know. Maybe some people don't know that they were, you know, conceived by sperm donation. Will Maury Povich have a role that's on right. the show? Oh, yeah, yeah. You are the real father. Yeah. That's right. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, go on to recommendations uh, this week. You go first. And I am watching. It is October. And I'm once again doing oh, yeah. my 31 uh, horror movies in 31 days. So I started watching some scary movies. I'm two days in, uh, and I'm going to watch another one tonight. So the first one was Evil Dead, classic movie. It's one. It's my favorite like horror movie of all time. And I, I this this year what I'm doing. Last year I I watched 31 movies I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. This year I'm mixing. It. I'm going to do about half and half. Half of ones I've seen before, some of my favorites, and then half new ones. And one of the new ones I'd not seen yet was uh, The Void, which I watched last night. The Void is directed, co- co-written and directed by Stephen Konstansky, who is a guest at FanQuest two years ago. Uh, he is from Winnipeg. He lives in Toronto now. He He's a, mostly known as a special effects artist. But this was a genuinely creepy, 
um, kind of freaky movie. It's Lovecraftian. It's much a lot like John Carpenter's The Thing. It's got elements of that in it. It's it's about this uh, kind of cult and these weird practices. It takes place in a hospital. There's a lot of creep factors in it, and it's got some very recognizable Canadian actors. Da Vinci is in it from Da Vinci's Ooh, Inquest. Da Vinci. He's in everything. He's like yeah. that guy. I don't remember his real name, but he's like Canadian famous. Not not the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci's Inquest. Just like we call that other guy, Colmfier is Trudeau. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He's Da Vinci. Or he's yeah. the he's the bad cop too. He's in Bon. Oh, cop. oh, is he the Bon cop? Is he? No, Maybe. he's oh. No, he's Bond cop. He's Bond cop. Yeah, he's Bond. Uh, he's Bond. Tight ass by the book. <laughs> that's cop. right. That's right. English uptight <laughs> francophone cop. No, no uptight English cop and bad but rough around the edges and charming francophone cop. There you go. Bond. Uh, anyway, the void. I would definitely recommend this. It's uh, it's available on demand, so you can you can watch it no problem. And it's just a really well put together. The, the shooting is excellent. The, the creature effects are incredible. Really? The practical effects so good. Um, th- these guys are really really talented. Uh, and yeah, it was a genuinely freaky kind of movie. Uh, right. so What's I it called again? It's called the void. The void. The void. That's you all it said is. it, and I forgot it one second yeah. after you said it because it is a void. I am posting all these. In case you're interested, I'm posting all these movies to yeah. my Instagram feed, so you can follow me on Instagram at Dan Vadabonker and you know check out all the movies I'm watching. Um, and if you have suggestions, let me know because I, I, I again posted on all my social media yesterday, and people are just chiming in with all their favorite horror movies. It's something that gets people talking. People like this when I do this, so I, I'm happy to do it again and, and get the conversation going about horror movies, which I love. Cool. There you go. What do you want to recommend? All right, I'm going to recommend um, uh, an Aretha Franklin live concert oh, film okay. called Amazing Grace. Have you heard about this? Uh, no. She performed. This is the top-selling gospel album of all time, which I did not know. Okay. She performed. A uh, Sydney Pollock directed her playing two nights at a church. Mick Jagger is in the audience on one of those nights. This is Aretha Franklin at the top of her game, singing her heart out. It is unbelievable, and it's a short film. It's ninety minutes. It's fa- it's footage, and Sidney Pollock never edited the film together because apparently he screwed up the audio. He screwed it up, so it, was, it took forever to sync it together. Okay. So someone else took it over. They couldn't get the rights to it until Aretha Franklin had passed away. Unfortunately, apparently she was not. She wasn't sure. She wanted it released at times. Well, because she wasn't sure about the audio, right? That well, was like it, it's it, unclear. Okay. Kind of, it's almost like she died, and people don't really want to say what the issue was or that. Because I looked it up and I tried to sort of get to the bottom of it, and I couldn't really find like a consensus on it. But this ninety minutes, like to me, it was like the most inspiring, uplifting, fantastic ninety minutes of a concert film you could ever That's enjoy. Great. The crowd is loving it. Aretha Franklin's voice is out of this world. Like, like I'm not, I get, like I've got some Elvis gospel albums and stuff, but I'm, it's not like I'm an aficionado. But when you watch that film, it was just like, yes, I was uh, taken over by the presence of the Lord. I was, <laughs> I was like, I believe, I believe. And the great thing is, she's got a band leader who does all the talking, and she just stands up once. She goes, "Can I have a glass of water?" They get her a glass of water. That's it. She doesn't really talk to the crowd or anything. Okay. She just hammers out the songs, and and it is in like she has got a vocal gift that I was not aware of. That, okay. that until I watched that film, I was. So it, they found they got the footage, they put it together, and it is a quick and wonderful, uplifting and positive experience in a world where uh, we need to get Donald Trump out of our brains. So (laughs) that's why I'm recommending it. Amazing Grace. It's a good compliment to my recommendation. Watch The Void and get all weirded out and freaked out and terrified. And then watch Aretha Franklin and she'll bring you back up again. So that works out really well. Where did you you watch it? 
Uh, iTunes has okay. it, and it was cheap. It was five ninety nine. Yeah, so probably that. available on most of the streaming. Oh, services I'm as well. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds great. This is going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. Mm-hmm.